0: Charlie from Red Blue Talk here. I talk about how politics and government impact people's lives. Please like and subscribe. On Tuesday, June 25th, 2019, there's going to be a Democratic primary for mayor in Mount Vernon, New York. The candidates are incumbent Mayor Richard Thomas, City Council President Andre Wallace, Yonkers YMCA President and CEO Sean Patterson Howard, and Mount Vernon's former police commissioner Clyde Isley. I reached out to all four to join me for one-on-one conversations, and each of them scheduled interviews except for Mr. Wallace. Links to the podcasts and videos are at redbluetalk.com. Let's jump in. Mayor Richard Thomas.
1: Charlie Stern.
0: Yes, so uh, we first became acquainted mid-2000s school board meetings, uh, sometimes contentious school board meetings. But you marched in there, and uh, you uh, took command of the room. You seemed like a guy who wanted to be on the city council in the worst way.
1: (laughs) And you managed to do it? Well, it was more than city council. It was for the right cause. You know, education is the righteous cause. And education is the only weapon now to change the world. Nelson Mandela said that. And it's true. And the cause that you embraced with Deborah and the whole team of people in Mount Vernon that wanted to make education better. It happened because a small group of people decided to change the situation. I was proud to be a part of it.
0: When when did you first get the idea to run for mayor? Was it then
1: or way before then? I've always admired the role that mayors play. And when I was in high school, I said, you know, that'd be cool one day to be mayor. And I remember talking to my wife about it when we met the first day, first class of college. At, um, at NYU, and um, over time, I, I just became you know, upset that Mount Vernon kept falling behind, getting trapped in this donut hole.
0: You mentioned the donut hole. Yes. Um, it, it, it seems to me, and it's apparent to a bunch of people, that uh, conflict is how Mount Vernon governs right now. Um, you have opposing interest groups. And the question is, you know, how do you resolve that kind of conflict? Like, let's look, in, not to jump, you know, too deep in the weeds on it, but you had a situation very recently where a bill wasn't paid, fuel wasn't ordered, trucks couldn't roll, and there, there was an energy around that conflict that was unbelievable and, and unhealthy and toxic, so if that's how governance happens here, I, I, I'm asking, how do you unwind that?
1: I asked the same question to faculty at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, and they said to me that I went through every single process and procedure that they would have gone through, from convening faith leaders, business leaders, from calling on community stakeholders, creating relationships between universities and nonprofits to try and talk to different public officials. However, over the past four years, leading up to the no fuel, no garbage pickup situation, um, at this point in time, it has to be um, all hands on deck to urge the polarized city council and the controller who's just out of control, to make the right decision for the people. One of your opponents referred to political gangs and the concept of political gangs in
0: Mount Vernon having control over the governance model and all the rest. You know, when toxic cultural norms are more influential than institutional policies,
1: what do you do? Well, this is a fight between policy and politics. Pure policy and pure politics. And before I became mayor, there was no system. There was no um, real professional management. There were no metrics. Nothing was being recorded. And this is where I put in place a system that's been designed to perform for people. So, if the political gangs are
0: still swirling around, is is it governable? It is governable.
1: You got to fight. You got to fight back. This hmm. is an uncivil war for Mount how, Vernon's future. How do you unravel the, it? The way you unravel it is you have to go point by point. This is a tit-for-tat war. And unfortunately, the people are suffering, and that's why I keep fighting the good fight, the right fight, because right is right and wrong is wrong.
0: Uh, Mount Vernon has a essentially a one-party town. It's overwhelmingly Democratic registration. Um, you're having four-way primary in June. There was a four-way primary four years ago. That election was won by you with approximately 38 percent of the of the registered Democrats in that race Mm -hmm. voting for you. Um, Should there be a runoff? Should there be something? Because right now, you you, if you win a primary, by definition, if you're if you're a challenger in a primary and you win. it's very tough. You're leading from behind because you, you're those Democratic district leaders who didn't support you are still sitting there,
1: and you have to govern. Well, the people decide, and if the people um, make their decision the way I believe they're going to make their decision, then we're going to continue to move forward. And I have consistently demonstrated that I will work with anyone and everyone so long as it's on the issue. But if you look at all the feedback and all the noise, it's all about personalities. It's mm-hmm. all about drama. When you look at it, they can't criticize me on anything other than just personalities. This is this is not reality TV. Right. This is government. But your critics are saying and that your critics I'm, are saying I'm here, I'm that, that's,
0: you. that your critics are saying that some of that drama is your own.
1: No, this is part of the problem. The system performs as designed, and Mount Vernon's government is structured like a three-legged stool the mayor who's elected, the city council who's elected, and the controller who's independently elected. And many don't understand how the three work together. If one leg gives up its power, then guess what? The stool falls. Mm-hmm. So we're standing on one leg. The city council and controller are in cahoots. And you can see it with the fuel crisis. It's been 113 days since it became clear the garbage trucks, half of the fleet were down that we have. They're from 1999. Not many municipalities have garbage trucks that can that are old enough to buy a drink. So guess what? It's expensive to fix. We found a cost-saving solution to get trucks, not just from as far as Ohio, but from around this area. But the vendors are so burned, our credit's so bad, because payments haven't been made by the controller, that right. we had to go to an extreme to get access to equipment. So now, and that equipment's about to be repossessed so because na- of non-payment.
0: So now there's an absence of a bond rating, mm-hmm. right? There's a memorial field that for years has been draining political energy and, mm-hmm. and, and emotional energy, I would say, in Mount Vernon. There are federal lawsuits over the sewage exfiltration, which we spoke about on mm-hmm. a video. Um, there's a an argument that Mount Vernon is at a low point. And in no. the word turnaround is the word that I keep hearing. It, it, what are the top two things that the mayor needs to do in the next four years to make it turn around?
1: So you, the, the key is there's a J curve in management where it looks like it's getting worse, but it's getting better. Think about going to the mountain and coming around the mountain. While you're going around the mountain, you may not be thinking that you're getting closer and closer to your location, but you are. Okay, so
0: give me some specifics. So here goes Memorial, some specifics. Memorial
1: Field, help is on the way. I got it. Uh, bond rating. So, goes back to the point. Let's use the analogy of fuel. If you don't pay for fuel, then you don't get gas in your tank. No gas, no go situation with our audit. No funding, no work. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's been. I have advocated for the past four years for access to the books. I've advocated for access to the city's bank accounts. The banking institution blocked me. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're saying um, fund the audit, do the audit, restore
0: the bond. There you go.
1: It's very simple. It doesn't take that long to do this work. It's just funding. But if we're going to constantly be um, starved of resources to do our job, that's the city council. The city council, if they keep the money behind a plated glass and start pointing the finger, oh, you can't do it, it's because they have it on the shelf. Sewage exfiltration. Sewage. This is where I believe the problem is the solution. All of our problems are the solution. Sewage in particular gives us a mandate to redevelop and remake Mount Vernon into a clean, clean, Green smart city. It's possible, and it's being done all around the country affordably, and it can create thousands of jobs. But you're, for but, you're but, young you, but you're but
0: you're talking about a very developmental way of thinking about environmental so, issues. But, keep going. but but here in Mount Vernon, there's a lawsuit, and you have a DEC and an EPA so, but this saying
1: is, Mount Vernon, clean up your problems. And that's where the again. The problem is the solution. The lawsuit is the solution. The lawsuit was the only thing to get the politics out of the way for the most part. And this is where I come back to the system performs as designed. And the reason why there's so much political strife is because it's not about a plan. It's not about um, having the best shiny plan. This is about a system change. There's a whole new operating system, Mm -hmm. policy, developmental, addressing the core issues at the most cost-effective manner. And quick example, Memorial Field. They spent over $1.3 million to demolish the grandstands. I spent $190,000. What happened to the other million? And those are the things that I'm bringing to the table where I'm doing the real cost of doing business well, and out, doing equality, quality. You're, you're the mayor. What happened to the other million? Listen, I've asked the same question. I brought that question to the state attorney general and other stuff about other millions of dollars that was given away, mm-hmm. literally given away. So, and, and again, no answer. Nobody's been held accountable. So think about how deep and dark those politics are, dirty politics, to allow a football field a World War I park mm-hmm. desecrated by illegal dumping, and nobody has asked a question. Nobody's held accountable, and yet we're stuck with the bill. So, as a taxpayer, as a father, or someone that grew up at Memorial Field, I'm pissed off. But guess what? It's my job to fix it, and I found a way to get it done. And I just, you know, wanna keep pushing because the progress and the proof. Is literally in the pudding.
0: Based on what you've said about Memorial Field, I think I know part of the following answer to this question. If this interview was held four years from now, uh, June 8th, uh, 2023,
1: what are the three accomplishments you'll be here boasting about? Um, A ferry terminal in Mount Vernon, going from Mount Vernon to City Island. From Mount Vernon LaGuardia Airport, yeah, um, we'll be talking about how Mount Vernon remained a city of people, mm-hmm. a city with happy, healthy homes, smooth streets, and the cleanest, greenest uh, sewer system out.
0: So let me double click on in that. In terms
1: of yeah. you know, also our parks being the best in the world.
0: Let well. me let me double click on that ferry to LaGuardia. Sure. Okay, because. I love that idea, and I think a lot of people love that idea. And, you know, even if it's very, very hard to accomplish, and I'm not sure if it is, it probably as it sounds like it is, you want your mayor to have big, audacious goals, like a ferry to LaGuardia Airport. Mm-hmm. But when you have raw sewage mm-hmm. leaving your toilets and going into the Hutchinson is and stream
1: it's hard to understand how you remedy both well this is where again the system performs as design i look at everything being connected and i believe that this economy can complement each other the economy of fixing our capital infrastructure as well as the economy of our transportation the two can complement and if we invest in, you know, getting rid of lead pipes in homes, if we invest in fixing the connection from the home to the sewer system. And the city should take that cost on because taxpayers have been underwriting that cost for years. And the city of Mount Vernon in particular has done nothing to maintain the system. It's evident in the lawsuit. Right. But the bottom line is we have a city council on politics that want control of that. There's hundreds of millions of dollars of work that need to be done, and I'm asking for a federal monitor to get in between to monitor it so it gets done properly.
0: You're in the middle of a campaign. Yep. Campaigns are like ecosystems unto themselves. Mm-hmm. Money comes in, money goes out. Um, when I look at your campaign disclosures and and your the people who are uh, you're competing against uh, in this election, th- there is a common thread. Uh, which is that uh, I see significant contributions coming from both within Mount Vernon and from outside Mount Vernon. Your competitors and everybody, everybody running has got multiple contributors writing $1,000 checks and up. Mm. Um, Many of them are not coming from 105 anything zip code. And um, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on... um,
1: to what degree that reflects who's really running Mount Vernon. Exactly. And when you look at other filings and you see that they're as far as Florida, and you look and you see who is trying to influence this election, it's money power versus people power. And when you look carefully, hold on. on. Okay, but hold no, on, wait. Mr. Mayor. Okay, but go you, ahead. But this is what I'm saying. But if you look at the points of information, be it the money, You follow the money, and you can always create whatever conversation you want around it. But I'm telling you, when you look at the actions and the results of what has actually been done in Mount Vernon, under the circumstances I've had to work in Mount Vernon, Mm -hmm. for example, no chief of staff, no deputy. My office has been completely stripped of staff for the past four years. A hundred positions eliminated before I became mayor all middle management, so you add that in, think of the just very basic steps we had to do. My focus has always been on people, solving ordinary problems, and quite frankly, I haven't really spent that much time focusing on fundraising. It's Mm -hmm. been doing the work of of the people, and right now, I'm dealing with another Garbage crisis because the council and the controller want to play these games. There must have been some focus on fund
0: campaign find, uh, funding uh, because a significant number of your campaign contributors are city hall
1: employees. Those are ordinary people, and right. that's where you have to look at it. These are people that have been abused abused by the council, by them not funding the government, and the controller not paying bills. Look at that. These, this is a statement of the hard work that's been right. earned, and it shows in the low crime rates. It shows in the higher property values. It I, shows I've asked this that there in, are ordinary people that believe right. in what we're doing to keep moving forward. In
0: campaign finance. I asked this question of the other
1: candidates. If I write a $1,000 check to Richard Thomas, what do I get? You get transparency. You get bold, unapologetic leadership. And when you look at that, it's leadership, not politics. Do I have
0: to write a check to get that? You
1: don't have to. I mean, and I'm not even asking for it. I don't think you've seen an email come from me or a phone call. I've been focused on running the city, doing the people's business. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm making sure that we use everything that we have to keep the people safe and doing everything I can to improve Mount Vernon. Mayor, there's a website
0: called See Through New York. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It is a nonpartisan Albany think tank. Um, what they do is they gather a lot of um, data. public data um, that are available from cities, towns, villages, and school districts, and they munge it together and they publish it on the web. Um And if you look at the data from 2015 versus when you first right before you started in 2018, the last year that was reported, there has been a sharp uptick in the cost of labor in Mount Vernon in the past four years. So just gonna read you a couple of statistics. 2015, the total payroll for the city of Mount Vernon was reported at 48.5 million. 2018, the total payroll was reported to be fifty-five point eight million million. Mm-hmm. So I did a little simple arithmetic and mm-hmm. I said, you know, a lot of these folks are working under labor agreements and they've got built in uh, contractual raises coming to them. So let's say that over that three year span, um, a, a firefighter or a policeman was entitled to a 10% increase over that period of time, a contractual 10% mm-hmm. raise. Then you would still- You said even
1: 55 to 49, right?
0: 48.5 to 55.8. So we'll call it 49 to 56. Okay. Okay, $6 million. Okay. Um, let's Seven. say if the contractual raises accounted for 10% increase, even allowing for that, right? the city is still spending $2.5 million per year more on labor in 2018 than it did in 2015. That's not so, true. So this is
1: public information. No, I'm going to give you the qualifying uh, fact. Con Edison. Prior in two thousand fifteen, Con Edison right. did not have, you know, every municipality under siege with their gas work and their electrical work, and Con Edison by law must have police, fire, and different um, coverage at their sites. Are you telling? are you you, are you telling I'm, me that there weren't Con I, Ed projects going on in two thousand fifteen? Yes, there were not. There were not as many as now, right? Because prior to to then. Um, they had a very difficult time getting permits in Mount Vernon like every other homeowner. Mm-hmm. And I've changed that whole system to make sure that we provide permits um, in a timely manner and without any extra drama that comes with it because there was nothing but politics around the permits, which we'll come back to. But the point is there's a lot of Con Edison work going on in Mount Vernon, right. and I can I can guarantee you that at least $3 million of that is probably related to Con Ed. And overtime pay for... It's by Con Ed. For police. It's not, it's not done by the city of Mount Vernon. Okay. So, so, so you're almost at the same number based on um, 2015. If you subtract at least three from it. just Well, why, just not, why not just hire more people and hold down the overtime? There you go. So the ask has been made repeatedly. Even a federal judge said to the city council, hey, you have to hire more people in public works. You have to hire more people in planning. You have to hire more people in police and fire. I put forward plans to do that affordably within the tax cap, showing that many of these positions will pay as you go, enforcing quality of life measures, um, attacking zombie homes, holding zombie banks accountable, even Harvard. I mentioned Harvard early on. They're working with us to make sure that we create healthy uh, neighborhoods by going after these zombie properties. But they pay for themselves. So So, the bottom line is the city council has said no to hiring... More people. Well, they've also said no to even funding the government. If
0: what you're saying is the reason, then let me read this next statistic and we can talk about that. Highest paid individual, city of Mount Vernon in 2015, $154,000. Highest paid individual in 2018, Mm -hmm. $248,000. It's almost
1: $100,000 more. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Goes back to your point. If someone is hired on overtime because there aren't enough people, depending upon the day, be it um, a Saturday, their off day, that's double overtime. And if it's a holiday, then it's triple. And you're telling me the city council wants that. The city council obviously is tolerating it because if they were not, think about it. I would have a fully staffed engineering bureau in the Department of Public Works. Right now, i got one person. There should be at least 10. So you ask yourself, What's going on with your tax dollars? And I've been making the same case over and over and over again, and people can fact check this. Go to cmvny.com slash 2017budget. Same beginning, cmvny.com slash 2018budget or 2019budget. And you'll see the same request over and over and over again from seeding a capital plan. So that way we can you know, offset these big investments that we have to make mm-hmm. just to get started. Pursue grant dollars, but also invest in the departments, including human resources, which is one person for 900 people. How do you manage that? You don't. Instead, they create political chaos. They ignore what the judges say. I got five court orders. Against the city council and controlling, so, But again, you go back to that point. How do you govern chaos? Well, this you is bring order to it. I'm thinking very hard, hard about doing.
0: this. I've spoken with dozens of people in Mount Vernon, uh, right. uh, anecdotally, and informally, and some formally, and uh, I, I, I think that there's a broad um, there's an incongruity. They don't know uh, if it's the city council that's causing these read the court the, orders problems. Or the mayor that's causing these problems. Read the court orders. Or the controller that's causing these problems. Read
1: the court orders. That's my answer. and, And at
0: the end of the day,
1: ultimately, isn't there a shared responsibility for dysfunction? Well, and that's where I come back to where I began. The system performs as designed. And I designed an approach that involved everybody. I pulled people in. Universities. World Economic Forum being one of the very first ones. And you think about it, you would think that even Bloomberg Philanthropies, I invited the council to sit down with all these different organizations. Take me out of it. I sent Councilwoman Copeland um, overseas to on a trade mission to try and bring a whole new um, approach to getting tourists to come to the city of Mount Vernon, Mm -hmm. to share in our history and our slow food, amazing cuisine. But again, it didn't bear as much fruit as I was hoping because, again, when they're hard wound for politics, and I'm looking at pure policy, getting politics out the way, you're going to have this collision. It's going to be the last. Man standing, which
0: brings us back to where I started at the very, very beginning, which is how do you manage when conflict is the only way of governing here? And I, I and, I, and, I, I, and mean, even, I would like you to sure. address that one last time and and you know make that your kind of closing note. First, safety.
1: Make sure the people are safe. I delivered that. Crime in Mount Vernon, clobbered it. Gun violence is down over 50 percent. I grew up in Mount Vernon. I lost eight friends when I was in high school didn't want to see another one of my people get shot and killed with an illegal gun and guess what I took the fight right to them and when and it wasn't just a fight arresting our way out of it it was feeding people So I, I every week we give away two thousand twenty five thousand pounds of fresh produce um... it's called the fresh market and I, I hope everybody comes to check it out kale pineapples we partner with feeding westchester and and that's just part of the answer. The other part is building trust on both sides of the badge, having pop-up block parties, having block parties, allowing people to be people, and and also bringing people together. For example, Promenade, having the seniors come to City Hall to take pictures to celebrate. So mm-hmm. I've been focused on the quality of life issues to give our kids something to do, building that relationship with them, having the school resource officers who are police officers, back in the schools to build that relationship. And that took a lot of negative energy out of the community. Is it it perfect? No. But we've delivered safety. Property values are up over 24% year on year. Quality of life is getting stronger. But governing the city council, um, that's complicated because they have nothing but political interests and political masters that they have to serve. And if you ask them, do they think it's right that the trash is piling up because, you know, there's no fuel or the garbage trucks were repossessed? They'll tell you privately, yeah, you know, we should do something about that. But they're Mayor. not doing anything because they don't believe in people. Mayor, I do.
0: I, I'm trying to provide a, an ample and and, sure. and uh, what's the word? Uh, generous opportunity for you to respond to these questions you, you raised. The term political master, Yeah. Um, there's a widespread uh, sentiment that you've got a political master in Joe Spezio. Oh, man. And and uh, here's the deal. A few minutes ago, we spoke about campaign finance. Uh, interrelated with that question is um, four years ago, Mr. Spezio had made political contributions, legitimate ones, to your campaign. Right. Um, and- uh, It appears that that was a a valuable investment for him because he he manages to sway a significant amount of control over the city of Mount Vernon in the view of a lot of people. Now, here's the thing. I would say that, you know, he whatever control he has or does not have or had or currently has. He didn't get that control with a tank and a gun, right? <laughs> he got that control by writing a check in a campaign. Well, so my question, control since is. you a, brought is, up that political a ter- master sure. thing, are, 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 is Mount Vernon going to continue to be um, you know, under the control of the political gangs and the big money contributors yeah. and people who don't live here um, who are writing a check and, and kind of goose in the election?
1: So control is, is the wrong adjective— especially for Joe Spezio. He's been a friend. I met him when I worked in the governor's office going back to 2007, 2008. And um, I can only tell you he's been one of the only honest people telling me uh, what to watch out for. He has not gotten any contracts from the city. And even if there were contracts, think about it, they're not paid. So what benefit did he get? other than just giving advice and strategic outlooks of how dark and dirty the politics are in the city of Mount Vernon. So uh,
0: tell everybody what you would like them to do on June 25th.
1: I'd, I'd like you to not only vote Richard Thomas for mayor, number 5A, but I'd also like for you to vote for two other candidates, Jamie Pesson for city council. He's number 10A and Derek Thompson, number 15A. We're all sons of Mount Vernon, 5, 10, 15 That's what I want people to do. Remember that.
0: All right. Thank you, Mayor Thomas.
1: Thank you.